Yeah. I remember the day before the first day of school was an event because you get to plan out your first day of school outfit. Like all the shopping is done, you know, you copped everything, you copied, you begged your moms for whatever. And so now you're just staring in the closet like, yeah. I'm going to hit them with that on Monday, and then that on Tuesday, and da-da-da-da-da. But the first day of school, though, you had to set it off right. And I remember picking out everything, all the way down to the socks, the underwear, cologne, because I wore cologne in grade school. I was gangster. Um, And so what I used to do is I'd lay out everything, like, on the chair, so I had a shirt on the chair, and then the pants on the on the seat of the chair, and I'd even put the shoes at at the end of the the pants, <laughs> and I just sit back and stare at it like, yeah, I'm gonna do that, and I go to sleep just looking at it. I remember my my all time favorite first day of school outfit. No one could touch this outfit though. I had the blue and white Coca-Cola rugby shirt, the polo rugby joint. So it was blue, and then it was white in the middle, and it had the red Coca-Cola writing on it. I had the white collar, and I had had a gold herringbone. I think, nah, it was like a link. Link chain had my initial on the charm. So I had the blue and white Coca-Cola rugby, and the blue stonewash joints. It was, it was the, it, the stoniest of the stonewash, the stony Jackson of stonewash joints. And I had blue and white ballet sneakers. Nobody was doing ballet sneakers that year. People, you know, everybody would go with the Nikes and the Jordans and the Reeboks and the Shell Toes. I was like, fuck that. I just, I was fresh off of listening to uh, Dougie Fresh all the way to heaven or some joint. And I was like, I'm going to hit them with the ballets. They was dope. It was all white. Then on the side, they had the blue ballet logo. And the ballet logo was outlined in gold. Then it had ballet written inside it in white. And then it had the blue accents around the, around the heel. So it went perfect with the stonewash and the gold with the gold chain. People didn't want no parts of that. And so I remember I remember walking walking to the school, the, the, the bus stop. Like I had the illustrator ever. I, I knew that nobody was touching that, touching that outfit. And I count the bus. It was like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, yeah. Check out the valleys though. And, you know, so I got my props off of those. That was a dope first day of school outfit. Um, <laughs> and the thing they used to we used to do we we stand by the lockers and judge everybody else's. Oh, yo, speaking of. Lockers, this is uh, a stupid, stupid thing that happened to me. I don't remember what grade it was. I think it was seventh grade. That was the first time where we went to uh, the combination locks was built into the locker because before you you had to buy a lock. So I always had the lock with the key. And these were, they had the combination built inside of them. And I didn't quite grasp how to do combination locks so I did it once they gave me the combination I did it once I threw my joints in there and then like I went back like after class and I couldn't open it for shit and I wasn't about to ask anybody so like I'm thinking 
I think the entire school here, my books was just in the locker. <laughs> so I might have had somebody to open it up one day for me. But you know, saying there's women around, I can't be like, yo, I can't open my locker. So I used to just go to go to class dolo, like, yeah, let me just look off of somebody else's book. I passed all my classes though, because I'm a genius. But yeah, I remember not being able to open my locker. All right. But back to back to first day of school outfits. <laughs> So I remember one time I had these British Knights, the sneaker joints. They was red and white. It was it was white, and on the side they had uh, the two diamonds, and they had BK written in it. It had some red on them. And I thought first day of school I'ma rock them, but I wanted them to I wanted to set them off extra dope. So I, t- <laughs> I took some Vaseline and rubbed them on there to make it to make them shinier like an asshole because the next day I went to school of course mad dirt you know got kicked up on them and it just stuck on there so I had the, the dingy uh, BKs while well, I just ended up just rubbing them off real hard but that was a, that was a brilliant idea but I had like mad mad fly first day of school joints I had, when I had my stonewash jacket and then I had my, my oh I remember in third grade, was it third grade? Third grade or fourth grade? I had this Pierre Cardin V-neck sweater for picture day. When you get that A, B, or C package with the Mad Wallets, they couldn't touch me on that. That was the first day of school, but people didn't even know what I was up to in, in, in elementary. But now I could talk about this shit all day. Um, after the break. We're gonna we're gonna get down with the get down on the um, episode six of the EDP. We're talking uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne and the, the Batcave murders with my man Leon's Hall. So let's get it. Yeah, only yeah, only yeah. you you will what? understand what? and appreciate what's about, what's about to happen. To happen. Now this goes down to my people's representing me, a smooth operator operating correctly. Now this goes down to my people's representing me. Eclectic relaxation. Now this goes down to my people's representing Rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. E. You conceited bastard. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. Allow to introduce myself. You want the man. Rock grooves and make moves with all the mommy. You said I'm not to eat, you wanna make it burn. Most critically acclaimed Pulitzer Prize winner, best storyteller, thug narrator. I went, I step up in the place, they know I step correct. Girls, rub on your titty. Dude is all fucked up in real shit. I got you stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. I speak clearly so you can understand. E. The dopest, flyest, OG pimp, hustler, gangster player, hardcore motherfucker living today. To be honest, I am totally and completely on his dick. Yo, Batman had to commit mass murder. Look, when he was making the Batcave, there's no way it could have popped off. It could have happened. The 
about him killing multiple people. The Batcave is too elaborate and decked out for just uh, mild-mannered playboy Bruce and his crypt keeper butler Alfred to put together, homie. Construction workers are required. There's foundation and stabilization things to consider. Machines is needed and plans and foresight. Materials being shipped in and, and, and waste being shipped out. Look, one, no one would question why materials coming and going from an already built mansion is going on. Oh, it's a renovation project. Okay. So where are the workers? Oh, you're doing it yourself. Right. So you need workers. Quite simply, some some things are three to four person jobs. Let's let's pretend it's a three to four person job. What other two people, Bruce? Right. You killed them when they were done. You had to, or else they would have told. Uh, excuse me, Bruce. You want a giant lazy Susan with a large bat stuck on it to go where? Clunk. Dead. You know, bat gas, bat shiv, bat tusi. <laughs> so the size of the bat cave, he needs about 50 to 60 workers all taking shifts and all keeping quiet. Like, this is not uh, Spider-Man where you go maskless on a train and everyone says, uh, I will keep your secret. One, that's lame. And two, Batman don't play that. He keeps kryptonite just in case Jarrell's boy look at him sideways. Like Christopher Wallace said, somebody's got to die. Uh, look. <laughs> so let's say somehow, some way, he gets all of that, and he gets it off, and it's built. This guy has mad computers and technology everywhere. It's like Pentagon uh, level grade computers with access to all the government databases and agency joints, not to mention his own data and whatever. That's a mean Best Buy and uh, Apple Store bill. I'm assuming he has the uh, iPad 4S and the iPad Pad 3. Not to be confused with the butt pad. <laughs> but I'm imagining, you know, down the road, Bruce's neighbors, you know, they just get their Wii and they're setting up their Wi-Fi. And it's like, uh, Gladys, uh, you want to just tie into this Batcave network uh, Wi-Fi? I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Bruce has a password protected, though. And again, who's the IT guy? Who's running the bat firewall? Alfred? No. Alfred hasn't used the computer since Napper. He's still on uh, Abacus. He's on the Abacus level. If Bruce isn't running uh, IT and fighting crime and running away from a uh, Catwoman crotch, <laughs> it's not being funneled through Wayne Industries. Someone will have to say something. Um, I was trying to uh, hook up the Wayne industry's newsletter to announce taco week in the cafeteria and uh, the penguins face kept popping up of course and there's some serious bandwidth you know going to your house bruce from uh, your company someone has to run some dedicated thunderbolt and ethernet just for the cave and they're gonna keep quiet right clonk bat sickle bat spear bat capitation they gotta die this guy has satellites in the sky that relay stuff. How'd he get up there? The U.S. government is just okay with it. And they can't track it or where the signal's going to, right? And so we killed federal agents, too. They had to go. Yo, he has every version of the Batmobile there. 
Hey, you got bat copter and the bat boat and the bat glider and the bat waffle maker. <laughs> so where's he fueling up? Not to mention he has room for all these. And obviously he built them and detailed them, but just a fueling up alone. So he has gas and diesel and jet fuel lines piped into his cave. That had to be easy for one man to accomplish with no help. And and he has the, the bat copter and the jet and all this stuff. Doesn't he need like clearance to take off and fly? And nobody just ever just, hey, you see that Batman always comes from that area over there that just happens to be where Wayne Manor is. Let's just go over there. I think, I think he's Batman. You know, <laughs> just follow him. You know, an evil villain. We're not going to try to do anything. We just won't do it to show up so we can follow him. Or so we can put a, a tracer on him. I'm just saying. And who creates all the weapons? So in the movie, they were creating weapons, but or they were old weapons, and they were test. He, you know, he has some serious branding. You know, everything has to look like a bat or got the bat symbol on it. Who's doing this? You know, does he send it to the uh, the cafe press joint? <laughs> or I mean, that's a mean bulk plot print press or something he, he, he brands everything uh, who's doing that and after a battle does he go behind and pick up all his uh bat tat tats and stuff so nobody you know gets them and reverse engineers them or look since wayne industries made them they look close enough it might have wayne something on them no maybe not and supposedly in the joint he got ambulances and police cars in the bat, uh, the bat cave. Just when uh, he's going somewhere, and the Batmobile is too obvious, he, he rolls in one of those, and he got those wear. Bygones. I'm just saying. Oh, and remember, he probably don't. But every crime that Batman and Robin solved, they took a souvenir from it, you know, and put it in the bat cave. Yeah, like a dinosaur and panties and okay so they just number one they're stealing evidence and lugging it away and how the batmobile's a two-seater so how are they getting oh, but not to mention he supposedly has a lazarus pit in the bat cave too that has the chemicals that restore people that's dying yeah just just got buckets of uh, uh fountain of youth juice and he just <laughs> pours it in the back. I don't know. The bottom line is, it's a hundred-man job to get the back cave even close to up and running. And they all are going to keep the secret? No. They got to die. Either way you look at it. You know, no matter how you go with the origin story or how he found the back cave in the original Wayne Manor, it wasn't a bat cave, so when he decided he was going to make the bat cave, he had to carve it out. He had to install all this stuff. I don't know where he's running wires from or how he's how he's moving furniture down there. And then he gets a car and a plane. Look, construction workers, a lot of them, they're dead. So then in the movie, you know, your man uh, blew up his house. So in the dark night, he didn't even have a house. They're rebuilding it, right? Okay, so they're rebuilding it. Probably gonna need a new bat cave. So these people that's rebuilding this house right now, did he tell them, oh, um, 
and about uh, 200 feet under the house just give me a big old space uh, three three or four levels oh why uh, uh, um, just for a bomb bomb shelter and a bomb shelter yeah yeah, and while you're at it, run a whole bunch of Ethernet cables and, and put some wireless uh, stuff in there and haul these computers down and and this car and don't take the tarp over the car. Don't look at it. Then put all this all this down there and all these things that look like uh, bat symbols. Yeah, put those uh, for the for the bomb for the for the earthquake just in case. No. So if they're building a new bat cave. Who's building it? They gotta die. So the question is, where are the bodies, Bruce? Shout out to Bat Acid. <laughs> His body somewhere. This dude has killed half of the the the, the blue collar workers in Gotham City. They're all done. So uh, that's that's what we're gonna talk about today. And um, got my man uh, Leonce and my 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 go-to bat aficionado and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the, the bat cave and and how he killed everybody and why he made robin dress up like a target <laughs> oh, and uh just just batman stuff um, after the break it's the bat show let's get it after the Something new in Gotham City. Wow! It's Batman, like you've never seen him before. Hey, Joker, a battery surprise! Missed me. Time for a change. That disguise won't work, Joker. No, try this. So long, Batman. That's it. Wings out. Fire! You've got great new weapons, Batman. But I don't run out of tricks. You'll need them. Batman, the Dark Knight Collection. Batman, like you've never seen him before. Welcome back. It's the Eclectic Discussion Podcast. That means I'm eclectic. What's up? Uh, this is the uh, Batastrophe uh, show. The, the Bruce Wayne and the Batcave Murderers uh, show. Uh, psychopath. Uh, but at this point, I'd like to introduce my guest. Uh, Grambling State University graduate. He's a teacher. He's a writer. He's a Saints fan, so I had to lift his indefinite suspension so that he could appear on this podcast. Uh, find him on Twitter at Lee Hall 504 L E H A L L 504. My friend, Leonce. Yeah, um, it's nice to have you on the on the joint. Um, sorry about your suspension, but uh, you know, Goodell let you come through so you could uh, be on the show. Yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of free talk, a lot of uh, beignets and uh, and uh, Popeye's fried chicken was had, had to be promised oh, to shit. make that happen. Oh, shout out to uh, Annie, the chicken lady. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Is she cute? Yeah, she's incredible. Uh, yeah, so. The basic premise of this show here, and I've, I've talked and discussed, was that Batman, or, or Bruce Wayne, whichever you want to go, mm-hmm. he couldn't have possibly created and prepared the Batcave alone, mm-hmm. or with Alfred, 
Mm-hmm. You had to have some. You had to have a ton of workers, and they pretty much had to die. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that he was going to be able to do this without killing every blue collar worker in Gotham City. So, uh, so, so, what say you? First off, denialism is staggering. Just gotta murder everybody, right? Everybody just got to die. Every, that's, that's the only option. Every, every, every single. Oh, well, he has a bad amnesia spring. <laughs> well, listen. Now, while you're talking. That's kind of one of the as one of the avenues that that I would possibly explore. Now, the first thing, the first thing I really feel like, um, I'm imagining that that you and most of the audience that you're dealing with have seen the movie The Usual Suspect, right? Um, the way I see it, like Kobayashi would tell the principals involved um, that they were working for Kaiser Sose without knowing they were working for Kaiser Sose. Okay. I believe that this type of project will work the same way. Like, um, I believe that you know Wayne Tech, Wayne Core, however you wanna. Uh, flex it. I believe that they would have contracted contractors who contracted contractors, right? And all of these people, like several different projects. I mean, you take the big project and you modulate it to small pieces. And I think you employ people to do very small pieces. Like I'm going to lay the uh, lay the piping work. You know what I'm saying for the for the water system in, in the back cave, right? Uh, with certain uh, discretionary uh, pieces of, of legislation. That, I mean, uh, pieces of uh, litigation that are signed. You know, um, you know, we got to keep your secret. We got to, you know, blindfold you. You know, maybe we got to put you to sleep for a little while. You just wake up, get to work. <laughs> oh, uh, come in. You put your you put your pipe in. This this contract one runs. You know, four to six weeks. And you're done. Peace. You know what I mean? You might not even see everything else. Everything else is just covered in black tarp, right? But I'm, I'm thinking that you do that, you know, a few times over. And of course, Wayne Tech has got the money to do it. Everybody only works on a small piece. They can't really talk about what they talk, what they worked on in totality. Um, you know, the, the location is kept secret because you're blindfolded or, or you're, you're um, uh, anesthetized on the way there. Oh I'm just saying there's ways to do it. And I mean, not to mention hush money, you know what I mean, to be able to make it um, profitable for people to keep that secret, you know? I'm just saying. God. I'm just saying there's ways. Okay, so so let's let's pretend that those that we use those ways. How how do we how do we uh, rationalize uh, bringing in somebody to, to create a giant lazy Susan for the uh, Batmobile spin around? <laughs> what, what part of the contract is that? Man, now here, here's the thing. Bear in mind that um you got your regular visitors to the to the cave. Uh, one of which is Lucius Fox, right? Um, I think uh, I think Lucius has his particular ways, especially when it comes to like the engineering and, and the, the mechanical maintenance mm-hmm. uh, of you know the Batman legend, the Batman mythos. Um, I think he has his own finger in you know keeping the, the machine of the thing running. So I, I think maybe um, something Lucius knows, a team that Lucius has, a team that he can trust, kind of like in the Prestige where uh, the great Danton hires all blind stagehands. Oh we don't want usual suspects. We don't want prestige. Hey, man, I'm just saying. There, there's there's ways to keep a big thing secret if you want to keep a big thing secret. It's, it's, it's been double. Okay. All right. So let's let's pretend that again. We're doing a lot of pretending right now because well, <laughs> Look, first up, we pretend that the man is dressing up like a bat. Yes. Good point. Okay. All right. And so, uh, with all the things that's going on in there. Doesn't the Batcave need its own power grid? How how is he getting off the uh, the electricity and uh, all of this going on without without anybody knowing? Okay, one of the things I'm thinking now, one of the things I'm thinking is because 
you know, Wayne Tower, Wayne Center, whatever, is, is kind of at the heart of the city. Uh, you already need um, enough juice to run that large city and that section of, of Gotham, right? Um, my guess is you draw off some of that. Like, you wire your way in. I mean, you know, people steal cable all the time. Why can't the cave steal power? Ladies and gentlemen, he just, uh, he just initiated bat files. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You can, you, can, you can draw off that. And beyond that, every iteration of the uh, bat cave I've ever seen has had some kind of waterway, either close or inside. Right? Exactly. Now what? <laughs> why, not wa why not water power? Why not turbine? Why not a turbine in there? Why not some uh, solar panels are right outside? I mean, I why not a giant hamster on a wheel? Could be, could be. Uh, there's a giant penny. You never know. Ex exactly. The giant penny <laughs> and the dinosaur. You got a T-Rex in there. Exactly. Exactly. So there's, there's things you can do, man. There's ways you can power that thing, without a doubt. Okay. 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 Um, then explain this, sir. I'll certainly try. What you got? Um, who's doing the IT? That's a good one. I figured as much. This guy has government level uh, computers, and yeah. then he has his own mainframe and databases. Yeah, he does. Uh, not to mention he has satellites that had to get up in the air somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So go yeah. Ahead, yeah, go ahead and throw what movie? We, uh, Empire's First Back. What movie <laughs> are we going? He got a bat Death Star. Man, that's a good one. I I, I, I do not have an easy answer for that one. Yeah, uh, the, the IT is tough. You know, he, he got a lot of things going on. That, that's true. That's true. But then again, you, you want to think that the, the world's greatest detective can, you know, figure out uh, Windows 7 or, or <laughs> running, a, running a Mac down there, you know. Yeah, he has the, uh, he has the Bat Mac. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. I have no idea how that would how that would work. Well, I'm gonna explain it to you. Okay, uh, good. One, he went to Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> he got a lot of neck gear, uh, <laughs> routers, <laughs> and he uh, daisy chained them together. Oh, gracious! Yeah, and he had the Geek Squad come out. Yes, that's what it is. And uh, put his monitors up, and then he killed him. <laughs> no, he killed I don't him. think he killed him. Yeah. Ain't the whole purpose of a Batman to stop other killers? Why would he become one himself? I know. Somebody needs to stop him. That town needs an enema. <laughs> He's his own greatest enemy, this right? town needs an enema. Oh, man. Yeah, so he killed the Geek Squad. Uh -huh. He uh, he killed the, all the blue collar workers. He uh, he killed the suppliers of the Caterpillar machines. Look, all right. Here's the thing: if you go back, if you go into the movies, now the first movie, your man went in there and blew up his house. Yes. So that means in the second movie, he was working out of some nondescript place right. at why they were rebuilding this house a penthouse in some hidden bunker yeah. right right so they're rebuilding this house so while they're rebuilding this house lee has to justify he has to really build a brand new cave yeah he does yeah so I, I, how is he justifying this like yeah we know bruce this is your house and he's like yeah um I'm gonna need you to hook up some shit 50 <laughs> feet under my house. Oh, you got above ground done? Excellent. Now, what I need you to do is tunnel on down about four stories. Uh, got this big cavern underneath. Big cavern. And I'm gonna need about three secret ways to get into it. <laughs> Complete with hydraulic lifts. Yeah. 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 Oh, boy. That's, that, is, that is pretty hard. 
Yeah, and while you're at it, throw this Lazarus pit in there. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah, you, you got me. Yeah, so this this next movie coming up, we're assuming he's going to have a house and he's going to have a cave. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah. See, this is the thing. You notice and like in Spider-Man movies where Spider-Man is swinging through the city and all the people on the, in, the, in the streets and the crowd pointing and looking like, there goes Spider-Man and all that stuff. Yeah. Or... And the Iron Man movies, you got Iron Man, and he's having a party, you got all the women, and he's, yeah. he's all, and then when you have the Batman movies, you see him, Commissioner Gordon, and whoever the villain is, and, but you don't really see, you might see a couple of street toughs, but that's yeah. about it. Because he killed everybody else, there's nobody <laughs> else in Gotham. That's why, if you look for, for all the pedestrians, there's never a crowd of people well, in Batman movies because they're all dead. No, there's never a crowd of people in Batman movies because Gotham is an awful place to live. It's like it's like the devil's asshole. Well, nobody wants to live in Gotham. It's like it's like it's like New Orleans and oh no. Gotham and like Birmingham. It's like nobody <laughs> wants to live those places. <laughs> Shout out to Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Man, but seriously, I think that stadium scene might be the most Gothamized ever seen in the same place at the same time ever. Exactly. I can't know. wait. Yeah. So, so I'm just saying that uh, it's, it's very interesting how these things happen. It uh, is. <laughs> and, and I honestly hadn't given it much thought. That's, uh, oh, that's uh, way to come on the show prepared. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but you 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 are a, a, a big Batman fan. I, I'm assuming you've seen all the movies. Yep. So, if you, you've seen all the movies, which movie had the better Batcave? Um, I really did. Now, uh, I thought about this for a while. Matter of fact, I think I was just tinkering with it uh, for a little while, not long ago, thinking to myself. I remember, I was asking myself how many Batman movies I've seen where... Uh, person who is not Batman went into the Batcave. I think somebody who's not named Batman has been in all of them. <laughs> Except for the Dark Knight. Um, it's really hard to say for me. I don't really think I've liked any one of them in particular. And I think to a particular extent in the comics, the Batcave kind of serves as another uh, character, as, as kind of a, a sustaining uh, presence for, for Batman and for Bruce. Um, but I think in the movies, I think it's more just a pass-through setting. You don't really get a chance to feel it. Now, in the 89 Batman, in Tim Burton's Batman, um, you did get a chance to kind of see uh, Keaton as Batman almost brooding in front of the computer. You know yeah, what I'm Keaton used it the best. Yeah, I think, I think he used the Batcave for that. Um, so it, I'm, I'm led to believe, uh, I mean, I, I'm led to feel that that's the best one because I think that was the best way it was used. And all the other ones, it was... You know, somebody was ending up in there. Uh, I mean, you know, eight ninety nine was Vicky Vale. Uh, I think Catwoman ended up in Batman Returns. I mean, somebody's always ended up in the Batcave. Yeah, you know, it's not really a secret location except for in Dark Knight. Yeah, that's just, that's the place to be in the Batcave. Anybody who's anybody uh, is in the Batcave these days. Clearly, there's a line outside. Well, see, that's the, that's one of the things that I have uh, I take issue with with these um, quote superhero movies mm -hmm. is it's one. They go out of their way to mess up the story. When they already had the source material, technically every a, a, a thousand movies are already written. They've been written for decades. Yeah. The characters have been written for decades. The, you don't have to do anything except for put it on the film. Mm -hmm. But 
what they what they're also doing is no more secret identities. You know, Spider Man Spider Man is unmasked in the trailer for the new <laughs> show. So you it's like so I mean I was already upset with my man being unmasked on the train and he's being passed around like a spliff and yeah. everybody's like, Oh yeah, we're gonna keep a secret. <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean I'm looking at the trailer for this brand new one now, Spider Douche. And oh. <laughs> and he's already unmasked. And so he's unmasked. You got uh, uh, Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. is in, in Congress. Like I'm Iron Man. So now everybody knows he's Iron Man. We we can even go one movie with a yeah. secret identity. But wait though. But wait though. Isn't that isn't that more in line with the way Stark kind of um, I won't say publicized, but um, I don't think he went to the same. Uh, Lengths to keep his identity secret. Well, he, he did in the beginning. I mean, for for the for the huge part of the run, mm -hmm. Iron Man was Tony Stark's bodyguard. Okay. It wasn't until later on where he told everybody, and people were just okay with it. But okay. But, but what I'm saying is, we could have got at least one movie where it was who is who's that. Exactly. So, yeah. so then you got the Batman, where everybody's gonna end up in the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally ruining the whole purpose of yeah. secret identities and, and and everything. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. There's another thing too. And you mentioned uh, all the source material that is in the comic, and you got to put it on the screen. A lot of times, what these what directors and producers have to do. Especially when they consider that a movie may or may not have any uh, any subsequent business, they keep trying to boil very large stories into about two hours. Right. And they try to they try to take you on that ride that in the comics you have months to go on. You know what I'm saying? You can you can hide an identity for months in a comic because you have the story to develop. You have uh, other you have pieces of the story to tell that'll weave their way into uh, a great reveal at some point. Mm -hmm. But in a movie, you want to time again boil all that down into those moments on film um and you want to try and take people on that ride in that movie in that small span of time so which is asinine because they already know they're going to do a trilogy so let it burn slow um i feel you um but i think there may be some folks that believe in the hollywood formula in the in the movie making formula and that you kind of have to have the reveal in order to um satisfy the, the curiosity of the characters that that's supposed to be that we as you supposed to feel vicariously. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. The only thing I would say back to that is it's Spider-Man. It's yeah. Batman. We already know. We yeah. we already know. Yeah. You know that we know. So why don't you just let us enjoy the movie? It's like, yeah, I, not only do I know that he's Bruce Wayne, I just see him right here on the screen as Bruce Wayne. So everybody else in the movie doesn't have to know he's Bruce Wayne. We know. We got, we're, <laughs> we're in on it. But, you, know. you know what's funny? You mentioned that, and I'm thinking right now to uh, Richard Donner's Superman, where uh -huh. he did make it through the first movie, you know, with his two identities intact. Exactly. So, Shout out to the Richard Donner cut. Huh? Yeah, the Richard Donner cut. That's yeah. that's what you need to see. That's a classic. That's a beautiful piece of work. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of all the unmasking, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Okay. Well, all this came from the Batcave. So yeah, let's let's yeah, let's get back to the Batcave. <laughs> so, so now, as a as a as a bad aficionado, which you are, you know that there's uh, countless other Batcaves hiding everywhere. Yeah. 
And so, so since he has bat caves, he has he has the he has the bat cave uh, right at Robertson Park Reservoir. He mm-hmm. has one in the south uh, yeah. at Paris Island. He got uh, one in Arkham Asylum. Yes. He, so again. Who, who's built? I mean, where are these bat caves coming from? It's, it's Alfred Cock Diesel at this point, <laughs> lifting up stones and all of this stuff. I mean, and on top of that, yeah. How? This may be the uh, the uh, justification for all the the project modulation. You know, maybe you know there are ten different crews that are oh working on you know six different bat caves. <laughs> You know, you don't know which job site you're going to from day to day. You know, so you're right. that's going on. You're right. You don't know which job site you're going to, but you know you're building a bat cave. So that means you gotta <laughs> die. You don't know you're building a bat cave. Oh, you know you're building a, a, a bomb shelter. You're building. Okay. You're building a bunker. You're building a, a security outpost. For all you know. Okay. You're doing wiring. You're doing. Um, you're doing uh, uh, pipes and plumbing. You know, you, you're doing all these, all these, you know, like security, you know, stuff, you know, installing cameras, you know, doing a little bit of IT, you know, you're setting up servers. That's all you know. Okay. All right. All right, Mr. Leonce. Let's pretend that everything you just said is absolutely correct. All right. For whatever reason, Batman is the number one premier marketing branding genius everything that batman has is branded with this damn bat symbol think is things are built like the bat symbol or they have the bat symbol attached to it so who's going around putting these bat symbols on everything (laughs) a collector a collector a rich collector a recluse he has a thing for these bats he um he used to drink Bacardi heavily. Oh shit! And um and what it is? He likes bats to be figured into his motifs. He pays well. He likes his secrets. And you will make a bat-shaped uh cup and saucer, and you will do it now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Listen, they gotta be something. The yeah. man has a uh which one one of those movies in the '90s? His plane was shaped like the bat symbol. Yes, that was um that was a return. No, that was that was that was uh, Batman 1989. Yeah, yeah. so he flew up in front of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, so it, again with the brandy. So who built the ship? That's a good question. <laughs> so so I mean because let's say you module you, you you got small working it's um uh, Bruce the bloopers for the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I'm just. Oh, yeah, that's, that's rich Mr. Hornswoggle. He likes bats. He drinks a lot of Bacardi. Just make it. Just make it. I'll okay. I'll sign off on it. Go and, ahead. And, and so then on top of that, um, he has the uh, he has the, the bat shaped plane. Um, back in the day, he had the bat copter. Yeah. And um, he has the. So, doesn't he need clearance to fly? You know, um, these things. Well, I think Alfred takes care of that for him. He gets him all the uh, all the security clearances. Right. Um, yeah. And they're saying, Alfred, you getting security clearances for Batman? Is that yeah. what you're doing, Alfred? Yeah. So I guess Bruce Wayne's Batman did, huh, Alfred? No, 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 no. Because no, see, um, yeah, yeah, Alf. Um, and see, and here's where I knock over a pitcher of water and say, "Run!" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and 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 on top of that, um, we're assuming. We're assuming one of two things, mm-hmm. that he's either landing these uh, planes and helicopters yeah. in the back cave somehow, right. or, or 
he has a private hangar somewhere. So there's two things going on. One, if he's landing at the Batcave, someone at some point somewhere is like, hey, do you notice that that plane always lands in a certain place? <laughs> Man, it looks like it's over at uh, Wayne Manor. <laughs> or two, um, we know everybody that's in these hangars, but right here in this one, um, I think it's a bat copter and a bat plane. <laughs> so if we just hang out here, I'm pretty sure we're gonna run into Batman. Um, that is, that is an interesting thought. Yeah. Just now, I just had the thought, who fuels that thing? Eggs. Well, listen, I said <laughs> I said early, I said earlier in the show that um, so he's building the bat cave and some and and he has the don't forget the bat boat. Yes. Uh, yes. And so I'm, I'm, and he has the 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 Batmobile and the Bat Cycle and mm -hmm. Batty Batty Batty. Shout out to Hollywood Shuffle. Bobby, this ain't the poop butt league, man. Ain't no poop butts around here. This is not your average hot dog stand. You know what this is? This is Winky Dinky Dog. I know, I know, and I'm glad to be working here, at Winky Dinky Dog. Yeah, it sends chills down my spine every time I say it. Winky Dinky Dog. Bobby, say it with me. Come on. Winky Dinky Dog. Winky Dinky Dog. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying, I guess he got gas, uh, diesel, jet fuel, and all kind of other fuel lines going under the back case. Somehow he tapped into that. I was just about to say, he tapped into the power grid. Might as well tap into the pipeline. Yeah. So, so ladies and gentlemen, I think we just broke news here. We just broke news. <laughs> The reason behind the gas increase, the gas hike, is because this ass clown is taking, is tapping into that the man lines. Is drinking it all. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's what it is. Mystery solved. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, with the Brandon in the in the Dark Knight, in the Dark Knight, they showed him, uh, I guess, testing out some of his weapons or whatever. Yeah. And and they tried to make it seem like the people were making stuff but didn't know what they were making or it was it was old tech and yeah. that, and that they tweaked it. So so we know that Batman has more than one of anything. Yeah. He has a whole bunch of anything. So that means they're tweaking a whole bunch of them and if they're beta they didn't make a lot of them, so I mean, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know. And see, I think I think one of the reasons that we have a character like Lucius Fox in place mm -hmm. is to explain away all these, you know, loose ends. Right. right. The fact that he's in that department, the fact, especially now that he's been given the type of power that he has at the company, um, I think that's what he's there to do. Like he, he just like every time you know uh, Bruce needs something else, Batman, he goes to Lucius. Batman. <laughs> Lucius brings him down and shows him, you know, some new toys that we have just laying around. Uh, I think that's his his job. He answers all those unanswerable questions. And yeah. you, know, you know what else Lucius Fox's uh, job is? Is to uh, um, pick out the uh, gravestones for all the people that Bruce Wayne killed <laughs> after they helped him build this Batcave. Even in the movie, your man figured out that he was Batman and, and he... Look, this little stupid minion figured it out. Oh, of, yeah. Of yeah. course, I, these I, workers I, I, figured it out, and they died. <laughs> you know, Lucius Fox tried to put the put the thumb on him and press him on it, which was bullshit, because it was like, oh, 
Yeah, because he's just like a bat, and he, so yeah, he'll probably kill me if I see what he's doing. Well, how about I just go get a whole bunch of protection and do a press conference? If I end up dead, I guess we know who did it. Because, <laughs> let, and let the record show, Lucius Fox was hinting at, listen, you don't want to piss this guy off. You know what he's yeah. capable of. You also know what he's capable of? Killing every blue-collar worker that helped him build the bat cave. Lucius Fox basically even said it. Well... I would. I don't know if I did that far. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not ready to make him a killer. I'm just, I'm just a murderer. I'm not ready to let that. Let that kill the geek I'll squad. He killed the construction. <laughs> so body's just like floating in that water in the back cave. What you saying? Yes. Down in there. Okay. And you know, I mean, I don't know if he has plumbing in there because you know it doesn't. It doesn't look like the 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 bat suit is has a lot of access. But he probably killed plumbers and Gotham City. Uh, listen, it's, it's, it's an awful human being. It's a very awful human being. Okay, All right. So, I'm going I'm to take a, a step away from the yeah. Batcave for now. We're going to get back to it. We're going to take a step away. As, as a Batman fan, Yeah. give me your top five Batman villains that are not named Joker. All right, that's a good one. Um, let's see. I, and I like the movie made not allow me to have Joker. Joker is so iconic. Just, yeah, you can't use that. He's just the other side of the coin. Um, considering his rogue gallery is as deep as it is, uh, I had a lot to choose from. It's kind of overrated, but yes, it is very deep. <laughs> I'll tell you this. The fact, um, you're right. The, the rogue gallery in, in total is overrated because it really boils down to about, I don't know, five, six, seven. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not counting the Joker, I think the, the next five I'm about to name really kind of make up the, the beef of. Uh, so you're going to go chalk. Hmm? So you're going to go chalk. I kind of have to. I mean, nobody else holds a candle to the ones I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna name off. All right, go ahead, hey, go ahead. If you want to get deep, we can get deep. And I'll tell you why the other ones don't qualify. Okay, right? all right. So we'll, we'll start with the Riddler. Number five is the Riddler. Um, I like the reverse order, by the way. <laughs> you got to build to it, right? Um, number five is Riddler in that uh, mentally he has always proven to, to be an, an interesting match, an interesting challenge for Batman. Uh, what, what has always let me down is that um, even though he, he is one of the few people that could probably confuse or at least slow down the world's greatest detective, at the end of it all, once the Batman gets past the riddles, there's not much else Riddler has for him. Right, he's really, really smart, but you know he's he's got to have goons and henchmen and all that because he can't bring anything to to the scene. Right, if Batman gets his hands on him, it's a bloody mess, and that's all until the next set of riddles. Okay, uh, now now speaking now now speaking of uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of the Riddler, what weighs six ounces, sits in a tree, and is very dangerous? Six ounces. Sits in a tree and is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You give up? Ninja Squirrel? <laughs> very good, but no. Yeah. A sparrow with a machine gun. One way six ounces sits in a tree and is very dangerous. A sparrow with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, that was my second guess. <laughs> that was a legit riddle in the bat, the original Batman movie that ro- <laughs> that Robin got immediately, <laughs> and that has always been one of the funniest things I ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that, 
Yeah, that one. And um, how do you divide an uh, apple between 16 people? Um, make applesauce. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, that movie is so classic. It is uh-huh. ridiculous. I, that's probably my favorite Batman movie. But yeah, the sparrow, sparrow with a uh, machine gun. Uh, with a machine gun. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I went. I went away. All right. You nah, that was there. that was perfect for the Riddler. Perfect. <laughs> um, next, uh, next uh, Batman villain on the list is uh, Two Face. Right? Um, and the reason he's so low is that uh, the, the thing that makes the character interesting is the fact that there is this dichotomy. There's there's this uh, war going on. You know, Harvey Dent and Two Face are always kind of fighting one another. You know what I'm saying? Does, does his malicious nature take over, or, or does his judicial na- nature take over? And one of the things that the books, the best books that I've seen, the best Two Face stories that I've seen, have shown, uh, were that there is still some Harvey Dent in there. Like everything that we saw in The Dark Knight, the uh, the dogged determinism for righteousness, mm-hmm. that still exists in this thing that we know as Two Face. Which makes his uh, his randomly selected, uh, um, what am I trying to say, villainy, treachery, seem even more vile. You know what I mean? That there's still this very decent human being that fights for control of decisions with this absolutely sociopathic maniac. Right. Okay. Uh, that dichotomy, I think, creates a, a really interesting challenge for the Batman in that he has to deal with both. You know what I mean? He's got to deal with with the uh, righteous human being that's in there. He's got to deal with the with the killer monster that's in there, right? And Two Face has no control over which is which. He simply flips the coin, right? And, I like and that. I, can, I think it's an interesting character, um, but the fact that he's not all monster means that uh, he, he he's not he doesn't rank any higher on the you know Batman's uh, Batman's villainy hierarchy. Okay, right? okay. So that's uh, that's Ford. So we got Riddler. We got Two Face. Number three, of course, Catwoman. Wow, um, Selena. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why. The the, uh, the function. The, uh, man, have you seen Arkham City? No. Dude, the way that she is animated and moved, and the way she moves in Arkham City, even her fighting style is a lot faster, a lot lighter. Uh, one thing that I really dig about Arkham City is that between Batman, Catwoman, Nightwing, and Robin, all four of those characters fight and feel differently. They move differently, and I like that. Oh, Catwoman is, is the most um, the most removed from Batman's very strong, very heavy style. Um, and the way that they have the character move, the way she walks on screen is... Um, behavioral scientists talk about how men are attractive are attracted to a woman's hip sway. Like not just the way it's shaped, but the way she moves when she walks. And they put that that very fluid, um, very alluring, appealing motion in Catwoman. So oh, shit. Three, yes. Shout out to uh, Three Tissue uh, video game uh, character. <laughs> I, might have to, uh, I might have to procure this, uh, this hey, particular video not, game. If, if not read it, it, it really is worth it. As a matter of fact, matter of fact the, the story mode is just gorgeous. Arkham Asylum was very good. Arkham City was just championship. They really, really did a good job. Really. All right. Okay. Um, said that to say that um, that her allure and her feminine presence, uh, that it vibes with Batman really, really well. Him and him and his single-minded obsession and his rigidity works really well against her and her um, her her. Uh, what am I trying to say? Her seductress. Uh, skills, her her method of kind of you know weaving uh, a spell uh, uh, among men, among men, 
Mm-hmm. Like her and Poison Ivy, they kind of have that thing where they kind of wrap men around their fingers. Right. Um, so that's why she's my number three. And very honestly, the Batman will never admit it. Bruce will never admit it. But um, between Robin and Catwoman, I think those are the things that really, really humanize him. You know what I'm saying? Where Robin you know, gives him some hope and, and uh, Catwoman, I think, is a release for his sexual tension. You know what I mean? Oh, shit. Shout outs to uh, Bat number three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, yeah. We got uh, Riddler, we got Two-Face, we got Catwoman. Number two, my guy, the demon's head, Ra's al Ghul. Um, I'm gonna tell you why he, he ends up this high. Um, I remember being in maybe fourth or fifth grade, right? Right around the time I was starting to kind of switch my allegiance from Superman to Batman. I would think long and hard about the question, does a villain know he's a villain? You know, I would think about the joke and be like, does he know that things he's doing is wrong and he just does them anyway? Or does he believe that what he's doing is a good thing to do, right? Raish is one of those people that comes in on that uh, on that second side where he really believes that the world that he's going to create uh, is going to be so much better. It's going to benefit everyone else in the in, 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 this, in his new world that it's necessary. Raish feels himself a hero. He feels himself a savior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, I think he he, he uh, wants to draw a parallel between himself and Batman. And I love the way he always refers to him as the detective because he recognizes yes. what Batman is. You know what I'm saying? Behind all the, the cape and the, and, the, and the theatrics, he understands that Batman there is a detective. He figures it out. You know what I mean? He's, he's martial arts trained, escape artist, you know what I'm saying? All that other stuff. He's a detective. It's, it's the brain that, that Rach knows and respects. And I dig that, thing number one. Thing number two is um, once uh, Rach goes down into the Lazarus pit, not only does he bring that healthy respect, but now he brings a type of uh, physical presence to rival against Batman. Again, holla at Arkham City, the boss battle with uh, Rach al Ghul, awesome. Um, and you really get a feel for where Rach is coming from. Raish has a love for Batman that is very strange among villains towards heroes, right? He's got a respect for Batman to the point that he is willing to offer his daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is true. I mean, he feels that this man, matter of fact, I heard uh, a poet say once, you know what I'm saying? You are my equal, you are worthy of my daughter. That is the way he sees the detective. You know what I'm saying? He's like, this man, this is the one that is the key to making everything that I want to come to pass, come to pass, right? He's like, that man is worthy of it. Not only mentally, but again, when, when Rage comes out of that Lazarus pit and he got, you know, the, the strength of a hundred angry motherfuckers, he can go and make him <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And and even in those moments, you know what I'm saying, he can meet him physically and uh and mentally and emotionally, where he shares, you know, the Batman with his daughter. So um Rage is way high up there just just for his uh his devotion to this man who ultimately would like to, you know, bring him down and destroy him, make him no more. You know, it's a beautiful thing to, to see him that dedicated, that deluded, you know what I'm saying, to where he has this type of respect for uh, for Batman, but will still, you know, take a knuckle to his jaw. I love it. So, to recap, uh, five is Riddler, four is Two-Face, three is Catwoman, two is Ra's al Ghul. Remember, is one is Killer Moth, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Who is, in fact, an actual Batman villain. That's right. Killer Moth and Owl Man. He was he was struggling <laughs> over which one of these he was gonna pick. And and now here's the big reveal. <laughs> the number one, the number one bat villain. Gotta be Bane, number one. No question, guys. That is not the joke, of course. Yeah, Bane. Of course. Uh, he brings a lot of what uh Race brings. 
but the thing that that puts Bane over race is uh, the way Bane was raised based on the novelization of the Nightfall story arc written by Denny O'Neill Bane was raised to be a military strategist his ideas as a strategist and as a tactician he, it, it was Bane's job to lead men in battle. Kind of the way Ra's al Ghul says he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Bane's, Bane was raised to be a general. He was raised to be a conqueror, right? And he takes that attitude to everything that, that, he, that he had. So he looks for who is the top dog? That's the one I'm knocking off, right? Right, so, right. Um, and it, again, in the book, in, in the I never actually read the comic story arc. I read the novelization. And in the novel, the, the story is amazing the way that Bane, um, how meticulous he was at executing a plan. I mean, he played chess against Batman and Batman didn't even know the game was on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's thing number one. Thing number two, once he uh, got all of uh, Batman's pawns, got rid of a rook or a knight or two, he actually moved in for checkmate and actually, one-on-one, man-to-man, broke the Batman, broke Batman's back, right? So here's a man who bested the Batman mentally, then bested him physically. Now granted, Bruce uh, rehabilitated, he came back. Of course. Spot back, but the fact that Bane was able to take it to him mentally, then take it to him physically, um, puts him in, in a whole other class, a whole other status, right? He, besides the Joker, this is the cat that, that mirrors Batman the most. I mean, both mentally and physically. I mean, Joker is Joker is as insane as Batman is obsessed. Bane is as single-minded as Batman is and as physic, is as physically strong, even though he's aided with the venom and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's, he's a cut above. So the, the story that Bane is, the character that Bane is, that was a win. So, so those are the five now. Now, shout outs to Clayface and Killer yeah. Croc yeah, and, and Mr. I, Freeze. We couldn't use Ray, uh, Red Hood, but uh, Hugo Strange. Yes, oh, uh, Dr. Strange. Oh. Uh, but no shout outs to uh, the Mad Hatter and Twiddle, no. Twiddle Dumb and Twiddle no. D. No, no love. No, no love for Ratcatcher. No love for Firefly. Uh, uh, Calendar Man. No love for Calendar Man. No. Again, again. Let me, let me, let me again. Let me plug Arkham City again. Um, Arkham. Um, no, uh, Calendar Man is featured in Arkham City. Oh my God. He, no, I'm saying he's locked under the uh, under the courthouse in a cell. And even after you beat the game, Calendar Man is down there singing his little calendar song. When you go downstairs and talk to him. Every time you talk to him, he will uh, mention one of the 12 like official federal holidays in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And on that holiday, there's a little blurb that he'll tell you about some crime that he committed on that day. Oh, that's hilarious. And, and you got to get through all, once you get through all 12, then apparently he busts out. Um, I got the one for Thanksgiving. I got the one for Christmas. I missed, um, I missed New Year's Day. I missed Valentine's Day and I missed St. Patrick's Day. So I'm probably going to get the next one for Easter, right? But, um... But yeah, you got to go down and you got to hear the type of things that he does to people on these on these. Uh, so Calendar Man does have a nice presence in Arkham City. If What's you ain't got Arkham City, I'm telling you, jump on it. That's kind of dope. All right, so so we uh, Bane as one uh, B, we'll say. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Um, do you think in the in the in the new movie they're gonna really give us the broke back? And 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 just and just let us let us go with that. Do you think they're gonna give us something really shocking for the last movie? Um, I would say the jury's out. I don't. 
No, I'm not gonna say that. That's that's non-committal. I'm gonna take a stand. No, I don't think they're gonna break the bank. I don't think so. I, I think I think Bane is gonna be the the strategist that I think the character is in the book. I think that's what he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be the the military leader. Um, I don't think they're gonna break Batman. It would be oh, it would be so awesome if they did. Matter of oh, fact, right. when I saw when I saw Bane in the in the Schumacher movie with Poison Ivy and uh in uh Riddler and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, I was disappointed in the way they played Bane because I was thinking to myself then I was like man Bane is three movies by himself you know what I'm saying he, he has that much story he has that much um, sway you get to watch him wear down Batman over that much time you know I mean yeah. there's a journey to take to see him do that so um, no I don't think they'll I don't think they'll break him I think that would be a great way to end it I think that would make a lot of sense if they did oh that would be huge I don't like how uh, nowadays they're they're throwing out with movies. Yeah. Just, just have yeah. a franchise. Just, just, I, I agree. You know. Just let the thing live. Let it run. Um, I don't know. I think movies are such large undertakings that you want them to be. Um, you want every one to be its own hit. You know what I'm saying? You don't want you don't want slow play it like in poker. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to you know check those first two before you you know score big on the on the next one. They want to they want to hit on everything. They want all of them to be profitable. So they have to have their own. Uh, Peaks and Valley. You can't really build like you can in, in uh, comic books. So. Well, there's a way they can do that. I mean, but still, they do. They go three and out, and then they reboot and do the yeah. same thing over. Like, I mean, I always wanted it to be like um, James Bond. It's yes. Just, here's, yeah. a, here's a new, here's a new uh, movie and a new villain. But you know, they, we still nod to some of the older things, and, yeah. and we we keep it moving for you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how things go. All right. We, we we strayed away from the from the bat cave, which which we, we should because again, he's a murderer and he yes, killed everybody. Yes, all the dead bodies. All the dead bodies that is that are buried under Arkham or under <laughs> under the original Wayne Manor. Now here, here's the here's the uh, five million dollar question. Though. This is the most important question I can ask you about Batman. Okay. Why did he do that to Robin? <laughs> Why? What? Why did he give? Why did he give him that outfit? <laughs> I mean, my man, my man, my man, Batman. He has the black on. He has the cow. He has the cape. You know, he's blending in the background. He's like a ninja, and then he makes my man the ultimate target. He says, "It's a red vest and some tights and some green booties with wings on them." <laughs> And a, a hamburger mask. Just <laughs> 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 go flip around and, and draw the fire. Why go come behind them? And, you know, why did your man do okay. that? <laughs> All right. So yeah. I got a couple ideas about that. One, okay. Right? Um, I, I, I tend to believe that there's different reasons on on different levels. Right. First and foremost. Um, and I had to look back at, at the books to kind of see what it really looked like. The Flying Graysons, you know, they were they were a circus performer, so they were already in like colors. I mean, they were uh, they were trapeze at uh, high above the, the big top. You know what I'm saying? They had to have colors that drew the eye. You know how that goes. Right. Because um, uh, if you've ever seen Cirque du Soleil, we need not be talking no more. So, um, so I think that the fact that he was a Flying Grayson and and um, the fact that he lost his family. Right. I think the the Carney style uh, costume is is a way to keep his his folks with him. You know what I'm saying? Come on, 
Uh, just saying, just saying that that's that's the thing. They can carry a picture. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put it in the tights. So I think that that's that's kind of his his homage to his folks. That's that's one level that it kind of works on. Also, you bear in mind that um, Robin. The function that he serves is to remind Batman of his humanity, to remind Batman that in the in the seemingly endless battle against the seemingly endless tide of, of uh, evil and, and, and unspeakable violence, there's supposed to be a reason. There's supposed to be some kind of hope. There's supposed to be some kind of purpose to us doing this, right? The fact that there's this uh, this this young person, this young person's presence, is uh, serves as a contrast. So I think his his outward look, his his costume serves as a contrast as well. Batman's fight is a, is a hard one, is a lonely one, is a costly one, it's a dark one, right? So I think that Robin is supposed to kind of be that beacon, that that uh, that light of hope to contrast Batman's you know very easily depressive, obsessive uh, mind state. Uh, so I think that kind of helps draw contrast. I mean, you know, he, he's got to brighten himself up somehow. I mean, that, that's the purpose of having a boy there, that and you know, kind of ushering in the next generation of people who give it. Or, ladies and gentlemen. He was modeled after Robin Hood, and they made him look like Robin Hood. Not a bad. Hey, hey, that fits. That fits. I'll go with it. Yeah, yes, yeah. See, he was modeled after Robin Hood, and and they gave him the colors and made him look like Robin Hood. That's why he got wings on his on his feet. And <laughs> exact same slippers that Errol Flynn is uh, swinging around in. Exactly, right. and he has the mask. Right. And he looks like a target. Well, well, you know. <laughs> and at some point, my man should have been like, Bruce, seriously. <laughs> and see, but wait, it's just like I told you earlier. You don't know, man. Remember, Dick Grayson was a carny, dog. He was a carny. He probably walked up in like a hot pink tutu, young <laughs> bean suspenders, and a rainbow wig. You know what I'm saying? With some, with, with the little, with the genie curly toe slippers. Oh, shouts to the like, Iron Sheik. What the hell you think you know? So, you know, yo, get back in there and change. So, this is him toned down. <laughs> that, that, or my man said, you gonna wear this, or you gonna be like the contractors that got <laughs> <laughs> just, just murked. And hey, into the cave, so, you know, that's kind of what happens. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I just can't believe that my man, the ultimate stealth guy, made his sidekick look like a walking light bright. Uh, it's, it's something, it's some kind of contrast, I'll tell you that. And so, so, with that, um, what, what side of the fence are you? Are you a Dick Grayson guy, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, or you're a Stephanie Brown? Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, I have an appreciation for Dick Grayson, I, um, but I release him to be Nightwing. And I think Nightwing is a, is a nice fit. I think yeah. it's, it's a good continuation of the story and it allows for um, somebody else to slide in. By Jason the way, Todd, after he got under that thumb, hey, look at the Nightwing colors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From blue to green, from uh, blue to red. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I like that stuff. That's nice too. Um, Jason Todd, I think, was a, a nice vehicle for what he was supposed to be. You know, that uh, I think he was an example of how, you know, you can lead a horse to water, you know, you can't make him drink. If, if, if a cat is, you know, scrubbed on the inside, then he's scrubbed on the inside. And, and sometimes no amount of love can um, can save that rescue puppy. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that motherfucker just don't bite. You know, and you gotta, like, gotta put him down. Um, I like the way, I like him being reintroduced as, uh, as uh, Red Hood. 
All I know is the readers called in and said, kill that boy. Yes, yes. And I like that they were given that kind of power, that they were, that they made their voice known, that they voted for the tragedy. You know what I'm saying? Here is Batman, an already tragic figure, and they voted for more tragedy. Oh, man, people are crazy. Um, but saying all that to say that um, I really enjoy uh, Tim Drake. I think Tim Drake has been the best depiction of a teenager trying to live his life, trying to live a regular life on one side and be Batman's partner on the other side. I mean, the, the, the chasm between those two, the mental leaps that you have to make to go between those two worlds is a beautiful thing. I feel like right now, just writing stories about that, you know, for hours because of the mental shift that you have to take. Matter of fact, um, again, going back to the book, the novelization of uh, Nightfall, Denny O'Neill makes a really good point about uh, Bruce Wayne in his international travels and going through several cultures that uh, deal in, in mass deification, right? In, in these mass rituals, where the uh, the uh, natives put on these masks, and, and when they put on the masks, they, they aren't putting on the mask of the thunder god. They when they put on that mask, they are becoming the thunder god, right? So it talks about how you know that's that's the way Bruce feels. He feels an internal shift, like when he when he pulls the cowl in place, there's a shift that happens. You know, he, he's not putting a mask on; he is becoming. Batman, right? So that makes me think about Tim Drake. Here is a child, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, trying to make it. Um, adolescence is already a turbulent part of your life. And now you have Mr. Freeze trying to freeze you. You know what I'm saying? The, to imagine the, the shipping that goes on by him putting on his Robin mask and, and, and you know, putting on his Robin costume and going out and going to work. Um, at a young age like that, where you're still kind of making sense of the world, and this is going to be part of your part of your equation, you know, I like that. I like the way that he's been put together. I like uh, his detective skills. I like his his technological skills. Matter of fact, you talk about who's the IT guy in this space. Tim Drake is. You know, he's the cat that works for the computer. Thing. So it's um. I can see that. I can see that. So we got we got Tim Drake. Yeah. Your personal favorite, yeah. Jason Todd. We don't care about uh, Dick Grayson as much. And then we got Stephanie Brown. Um, I like the I like the touch. I like um, making you know Robin a girl. I kind of I felt that it was a nice move, but I just don't think that she was effective as uh, as Tim Drake. Oh, shout out to the spoiler. Okay. <laughs> and then we got Damian Wayne. Now Damian Wayne, this is why Damian Wayne was dope because mm-hmm. he was a killer. See, I am always pro bad guy. So the yeah, case, I see. Yeah, so I mean, the fact that he was just like, yeah, Bruce, I'm gonna be a killer just like you because he killed everybody. <laughs> see, this, see, this just goes right back into my theory. He is right. the son. David Wayne is the son of Talia and Bruce Wayne. He has the killer blood in him because Bruce killed everybody. So he started killing everybody. There it is. It's he hereditary. Got, he got, got down it. with the League of Assassins and, mm-hmm. and started killing people just like Daryl Dad. Now my problem, <laughs> my problem with the whole continuity of this is we had all these different Bruce Waynes. I mean all these different Robins. Mm-hmm. And Alfred is still alive. Yes. <laughs> what is Yes. Hey man. Hey. Uh, Alfred is the ageless wonder. Period. That's it. That's that's just it. Yeah, there's nothing to understand. It's one of them uh, comic book givens. You just take it. Keep on moving. Yeah. So, all right. So we got those, and we don't. We're not even gonna go into the whole all the other alternate uh, versions 
of, yeah. of him because they're, they're always killing. They're, they're killing stuff. We, what we're going to do at this point, we're going to take a break. Okay. And then we're going to come back with the fifth. All right. All right. Then grab your cape and tights and take those frilly tassels off your little red tricycle and stop pretending to be the Batman. A hero so dark he has to sit at the back of the bus. Or better yet, you can grab a copy of Batman Arkham City Prison Crime Management Experience Game, now lining the shelves of every corner store and soda parlor from here to Gotham City. And who knows, perhaps Susan Thistleton will agree to pretend to be Catwoman for you. But I wouldn't count on it since you'll be playing as Catwoman yourself. And for a nominal fee, you may also play as Robin or Nightwing, if you prefer to go in that direction. So, team up with yourself against vile criminal masterminds such as the Joker, Harley Quinn, Riddler, and the itch to Catwoman scratch, Poison Ivy. Follow the instructions of your 111-year-old butler, Alfred, to put a stop to the super-villain, super-villain ray. Send them to jail or death with a variety of complex and implausible gadgetries, such as the Batarang, Line Launcher, Smoke Bombs, and more. Susan Thistleton might even accompany you behind the bleachers to get a look at your bat claw. Just be careful not to get any explosive gel in her hair, haha! So, left and right click your way to justice on the advanced visual abacus machine, or utilize the three-dimensional movement tracking input of the stereoscopic optical motion analyzer unit. Be the hero Gotham needs, but doesn't necessarily want, in Batman Arkham City Prison Crime Management Experience Game. Get yours today! Welcome back. This is the um, the Eclectic Discussion Podcast. Hashtag EDP. And uh, that means I'm me and you're you. And uh, shout out to you for listening. I'm here with Leon, my uh, Batman expert. Um, and we're, we're, we've been discussing everything from the, the Batcave murders to, to the Rogues Gallery. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and why um, he turned uh, young uh, Dick Grayson into a fruit booty. So, <laughs> <laughs> but at this time, See, if you missed a little, you missed a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but at this point, as we do with every show, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna force my man to to answer questions that I would like to call or I always call the fifth. So you ready? Born ready. Let's go. All right. Now you got a lot of Batman movies. Yes. And I, I know you've seen them all. Yes. So question one: Rank the Batman movies from worst to best. Okay. Um, not counting anything prior to Burton, because all of those uh, productions, without I mean, maybe counting the uh, I think it was 41, 42. Uh, the black and white Batman movie, all of those were um, were cute. They didn't take Batman to heart. Counting the Burton movies from Burton on, um, the worst tie for the worst Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. I think we all understand what happened there. Uh, I don't shout out to, to Bat Nipples. Uh, 
See, I was trying to get through it without giving Joel Schumacher any any more shine than he does not deserve. So Shut those are the, the words. The bat nipples and the phallic uh, <laughs> Batmobile. I hate you to pieces. Those were the words. <laughs> they go they go away. Those are the words. Okay. Um, after that, uh, Batman Returns. Um, it really felt like a rehash, and I think it was a bit too spotty. Christopher Walken never gelled to me. I enjoyed Pfeiffer, but Walken never really got it for me. The the penguins at the end just kind of started, it started falling apart. Um, the, the look was all right, but the action, I think, the story, I think, was a little clumsy. Um, of course, Batman 89, it was revolutionary. Um, I remember going to see it at, uh, in Virginia, Big Stone Gap, Virginia. I was going to visit my uncle. And um, we just walked into a movie theater because the people there are just that nice. They just let us walk in. And I sat and I watched and I was transfixed at what I what I saw. I was like, this was everything I imagined Batman would be if he, you know, existed here. You know what I mean? It was amazing. Um, and right on the heels of that, um, I had Batman Begins because once again, even more practical, even more gritty and, and realistic and, and tangible was uh, Christopher Nolan's idea of, uh, of Batman, Batman Begins. And the best of all the movies so far, of course, The Dark Knight. Um, was a very good bit of storytelling after establishing what Batman was and Batman Begins, coming back and uh, showcasing him against the Joker and, and figuring Two-Face into the mix. Um, watching Batman kind of uh, really take on the, the, the weight of being who he is, of making the choice that he made, you know what I'm saying? Seeing, you know, uh, imitators and, and seeing people die understand that this thing he wanted to do that was so good, watching him kind of, watching it kind of uh, fight against him and kind of tear him apart. I thought that was a really, really well done piece of work. It was a, uh, it was a good movie. It was certainly a very good Batman movie, the best of the ones that I've seen since Burton. Wow, so you're in that camp. See, I'm in the camp that says Batman Begins was better than The Dark Knight. Okay. Because one, I cannot stand Batman. Not the character, <laughs> not, not the character, your man's Batman. Uh, Christian Bale? Yeah. Now, okay. he makes a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Awful Batman. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. And Grant, Dark Knight didn't win by much. Go ahead. I, I, I can feel that. And and if if the Joker, the Joker scenes and the Two-Face scenes, that's what made the movie good. Mm-hmm. All the Batman scenes, they were... The, the sonar, the bat sonar, that was so terrible. <laughs> that was so... St- so I always go Batman Begins because it, it kind of made sense. Now, what is it about, um, you know, my man's movies that he can't cast an attractive female in these movies? No, that's the one place where where Nolan just refuses to go with with any any actual like. I won't say talent. Cause, yeah, I will say talent because Katie Holmes wasn't a really good. Uh, no. Boyle, she wasn't a really good love interest. And Maggie Gyllenhaal just did not bring it. Now, and it was funny. I enjoyed Maggie Gyllenhaal in um, in Stranger Than Fiction. Mm. I enjoyed her in that. And she was almost cute. She had a little bit more weight on. I think that mattered. Oh, but shut up, the Bassett Hound face. Oh, oh, it was painful to watch. And to hear people keep calling her beautiful, oh, it bothered God. me. It bothered me a lot. I mean, for all the other uh, actresses that that really could have gotten that role and really could have made it look good and work, no, not Jenna. Yeah, no. everybody knows the prettiest woman in that family is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign on to that. Yeah. Now, all right. Uh, question number two. Yeah. Is there any way that they can put Robin in a movie without making the movie 
lame. Absolutely not. <laughs> you cannot do it. Uh, once again, going back to what we were saying earlier, um, you have months and months of storytelling to explain uh, Robin's presence to make you understand why he's there. When you're dealing with a movie, a movie has to move. It has to go forward. We don't have enough time to justify him or explain him because he's going to be too busy doing Robin things. He's going to be, you know, fighting and, and flipping and, and, you know, uh, helping Batman out of a jam. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and of course, on that end, you're also going to have to try and show him as uh, Dick Grayson or Tim Drake, whichever one, they, whichever one they choose to go with. They're going to try and show his, uh, his non-hero side, too. So um, it will be too much work. We already have enough to deal with with Batman. Um, to try and figure out how to make a Robin fit. Honestly, if you were gonna if you were gonna put Robin in, then I think what you would have to do is actually forsake all of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson altogether. You could never go back to that side because we would spend the rest of the movie justifying Robin and letting him be Robin. Trying okay. to think more than that would be too much to cram into that space. So you don't have the time to play. So question two B. We'll we'll put a two B in there. All right. Should they, could they make a Robin movie? No. And, no. You know, and, and do the Jason Todd, they can't they can't do that. You know, See, and, and, and here's like the thing. Like a uh, X-Man first class. I understand what you're saying. Like if they were gonna take that chapter, if they were gonna take the killing joke and make it its own um its own standalone cinematic feature, mm -hmm. that would be awesome. It really would. Because we can start the movie, we can start the experience with Robin already there. We don't have to justify him. He's already there. He's, he's, we understand that he's Robin. We understand that he's the sidekick. Go. You know what I'm saying? There was no level of establishment of Batman, and then we have to start to introduce the Robin. If the movie starts with the Robin, we understand this is a one-shot, then yeah, I think it would be one of That would be a really, really good movie, too. But they can't start a Robin franchise. No. Again, Robin can't ex doesn't exist um, outside of Batman. It's, it's like having a one-sided coin. It's kind of impossible. You know what I mean? So a, um, so a Nightwing uh, franchise. Okay, now Nightwing might be a little easier to pull off because of the fact that Nightwing is a solo character. Now his roots are tied to Bruce. They do flashbacks. Yes, exactly, exactly. You can do that. Okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Arkham City because Nightwing on that game is beat. Go ahead. <laughs> Gonna make everybody run out and get this game. Man, I'm telling you, I love it. The, the replay value. Oh, come on, it is awesome. Okay. Uh, question number three, and this uh, ties into the movies. Should they reboot the franchise after this movie or keep it going? And if they keep it going or reboot it, what direction should they go? Okay. Um, should they reboot the franchise? In my opinion, no. I think we've been given a, um, a very good platform to move forward with Batman. Right? I, I think this, uh, this context that we've allowed him to, to exist in is a good one. I think we, I think people buy into it. I think that's why it's been so successful is that um, this wasn't nearly as, um, I guess, gothic, uh, art artistically gothic as uh, Burton's movies. It wasn't, it wasn't nearly as campy and playful as uh, Schumacher's movies. Um, this is a Batman that can exist in our world. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't have to bend quite as far to make him exist. So I think that they should not I think we should move forward. Like you said, that was a very good example you used earlier with the James Bond, just different chapters of the same story. Um, now, will they? Probably. I'm guessing that, that they're probably whoever takes on this, uh, takes on the franchise. I'll be uh, Michael Bay and Batman. I have an alien origin. Um, yeah, that sound you hear will be me jumping off the edge of the earth. <laughs> um, but, but see, that, that brings my point, though. Whatever director 
um, or, or camp of writers chooses to pick up the franchise, they're going to imagine it in their own way. Now, again, I like the construct that we've been given to work inside, but uh, it's ultimately up to Warner Brothers and, and DC how they're going to how they're going to move forward if they want to continue that flavor or if they do want to get a different take. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they want to go with, with the with the Red Batman, where you know you, you go in one of the Else worlds where you know in that alley it wasn't you know Thomas and Martha Wayne that were killed, but Bruce and Martha Wayne and Thomas turns into Batman. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they want to go with that. You that, know? Would, that would be interesting, but maybe they try to appeal to your uh, to your to your kids in your twilight, and they use the old uh, man bat uh, yeah. story. And you know what? I, I really, I'm really kind of surprised that Man Bad didn't show up before now. Um, I, I really, especially um, Schumacher was doing it. I was really expecting him to show up there because uh, Kurt Langston, I remember, was that was the first Batman story that I ever read. I really? Like seven years old, six years old, and it, it was it was the uh, the two sided. It was the cassette tape. It had a Superman story on one side and a Batman story on the other side. And I found myself listening to that Batman story and the, the voice that they did for Man Bat was just blood curling. And I, I enjoyed that scaring me, you know? So, wow. Yeah. Shout out to Man Bat. So, <laughs> so in, in, your, in your opinion, in, in your perfect world, if they kept this franchise going after, after this movie, what would yeah. you do for the next movie? Um, I think what I would do... Mad Hatter? No. <laughs> Um, I think I would uh, work in Riddler um, as maybe a side character, not necessarily like he may be like a scarecrow type character from the first one. Um, not like the mastermind, I think, because uh, I mean, like for this one, I really had in mind like a, a Jeremy Piven um, type of guy who, uh, better yet, here's a, here's a good here's a good analogy. Uh, BTK, uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, the Beltway Sniper, mm -hmm. all those uh, kind of megalomaniacal sociopaths who had this idea that I will tell you what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it, and you won't stop me. That, that kind of I am God complex. Right. That was the way I kind of saw the Riddler being uh, grittied up to exist in our world, to exist in, in this Nolan reality. I like that. Um, I think it would, it would really be nice to where he, he was much less about, you know, cracking jokes as he was about I am smarter than all of you and I'll prove it and people will die because of it. You know what I'm saying? They're much more sinister. So that was an idea that I had uh, to have Riddler go on there. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe throw uh no. Um, it would make sense to have Rachel Gould show up again. You know, Lazarus Pitts and all that. Um, I don't think I would do it the same way as, as they did the first time. Though. Okay. That's, that's just ideas if I was going to. No Killer Croc, no Clayface. Hey, man. Hey, Killer Croc would be fun. Um, as far as like a, a main villain, I'd probably do that Riddler deal and maybe have a Clayface or a Killer Croc on the side. Like Killer it. Croc would be really, really nice. Oh, that'd be nice. Okay. Question four. Yeah. Here on the EDP, we play a lot of F. Mary Kill, so we're going to yeah, play F. Mary Kill. Yeah. Talia, Selena, Vicky Vale. All right. Um, I'm fucking Vicky. Um, as a reporter, she's uh she's cute, but she doesn't have any staying power. She's she's expendable, you know. Uh, good looking. Matter of fact, in uh in Arkham City, she shows up, blonde little bob cut. She's a nice piece of the story. Um, but yeah, she doesn't. She's not. She doesn't have enough depth to carry on for longer than a night. So, uh, Vicky is effed and out of the way. Uh, Talia absolutely married. Talia, especially coming from the line that she comes from, um, 
she kind of like Catwoman has a has a rhythm with uh with Batman. So I think the two of them fit together really well. I think long term, when you talk about empire building, like that thing that Raish sees between Talia and and Batman makes perfect sense. I can see it. You know, I think the two of them really really would have a, a, a real uh, regal. Um, far-reaching, long-term building uh, relationship. They, they will build empires together. Um, so I'm killing Selena because... Um, oh, no. No yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. But she it's got the hips. Place. Remember the walk? Wait, though. Wait, though. Wait, though. Wait. Wait. Um, you said Selena Kyle. You didn't say Catwoman. Oh, my God. Will you stop it? It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. Okay. Right? Selena Kyle is, is, the, is the, you know, her and kitten with the claws drawn in it. Catwoman is the full grown tiger. You know what I mean? Oh my god. Well, yes. I met, I met Catwoman. Oh, oh, you met Catwoman? In that case, it changes. Um, uh, in that case, we're going to F Catwoman. We're going to marry Talia and kill Vicky there. Wow, it does make a difference. Uh, yeah, because I mean, again, Catwoman is the, the place where uh, Bruce, this man who's kind of uh, uh, locked himself in his cage of solitude, this obsessive solitude, this is the place where he gets to play those games. When, when when Batman and Catwoman are are uh, engaging one another, what you're really looking at is two second graders on the playground that like each other, and so the boy keeps pushing her down, and the girl keeps crying and throwing rocks at her. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we do here on the EDP. We push down girls and we and we make them cry. <laughs> it's the same type of of um, veiled sexual tension. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is part of his release. So absolutely, he would nail the hell out of Catwoman. That's how. Without a doubt. He would build with Talia, pump Catwoman. All right. Bale, again, does not have the depth to stay around, so we toss her aside. All right, she gets tossed. All right, fifth and final question. Yeah. This one, this one is real simple. Usually, you know, I come with the, the last question. is some kind of elaborate, inappropriate, <laughs> something that people don't want to do. This one, this is very simple, very easy. Okay. For five hundred thousand dollars, a lot of money. A little bit, not for you, but for most people. Ah, the people. <laughs> you know, for five hundred thousand dollars, would you do print and television ads for male growth enhancement cream? Yes. <laughs> See, he told you that was really easy. Yes, that was simple. Hi, I'm Leon's, and I'm hung like a light switch. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is what I use. I use Manstay. Uh, friends, do you pull down your pants and it looks like you you're, you're holding a tic tac? Well, I'm Leon's. Yep. And I'm here for stretch out cream. Yes. 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 Yes, I would. In a heartbeat, in Spanish and in Thai. Yes. Oh shit. Oh, that 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 is perfect. You 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 satisfied the uh, the 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 fifth, and you answered the questions greatly, and I appreciate that. Appreciate it, uh, being on. <laughs> now at this point in the show is where I'll, I'll give you the stage, give you the mic, and you can do any shout outs or plugs or or, or anything that you want, anything you want the people, my uh, three listeners to uh, <laughs> to hear. Uh, I might have four since Spinderella was just on the show. Good morning. All right. Yeah. So, um, by all means, the floor is yours. Okay. Um, Nothing really to plug except for uh, my Tumblr. Uh, I got uh, L-E-H 
504.tumblr.com that's my my little mind poured out on uh, on the web man we over here talking about batman there's a, a really really good uh batman tumblr it's called uh bruce swain like bruce s w a y n e tumblr.com it's really really good this girl vita does a great job of finding really good batman art um i usually like reblog it onto mine so you can catch it on mine catch it on hers um i think uh i think that's it I don't know. Um, oh, my Twitter is uh, at L-E-H-A-L-L-504. Um, I'm on Draw Something. Uh, L-E Hall 504. Holla at me. Oh, that was, oh. The, that was the first uh, um, app uh, shout out that we've had. So everybody get, eat, get at them on uh, Draw Something. Indeed. Indeed. It, it is something, man. The things that you are forced to do with, the, with your fingertip to try and get something across. Have mercy. It's the worst. But uh, it's, it's a nice little time killer. That's a winner. Um, let me see. I think that's all, man. I think that's it. Uh, go Saints. Uh, still smarting over that, but no problem. Who that? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll work with that later on. Uh, yeah, and I think that's about it, man. All oh, right. uh, go get Arkham City. At least rent it. It's good for your life. Everybody, you hear that? You gotta get this game. <laughs> go get the game, and, and, and then hit him up on Twitter and get and try to um, figure out where to go and how to find stuff because I'm I'm sure he knows. Man, the Riddler, the Riddler challenges—they are the truth. Holla at it. It is great. Well. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you for um, coming on the show, and hopefully, probably should be. No, we will have you back on here, if not um, right before the new movie, or yeah. right after for a review. Man, absolutely, I'd be happy to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, happy. we'll do it like that. So, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Leon's Hall. Wednesday is Night Court ready for its new night. And on the Tortellis, Nick becomes Man of the Year. Here's your honorarium. Uh, you have my gratitudium. Then Joe Danzig's no ordinary man. The days of the little red brick schoolhouse are over. And this is definitely no ordinary show. The Bronx Zoo, premiering Wednesday. Welcome back to the Eclectic Discussion Podcast. I'm Eclectic, you're you, and uh, we're about to wrap this joint up. Special shout-outs to Leon's Hall again for coming through and uh, talking talking Batman and, and murders and hip sway and, and fruit booties with me. <laughs> Have him back uh, before or after The Dark Knight Rises comes out so we can, so we can uh, politic on that. Uh, if you've been to the uh, website, eclecticrelaxation.com, then you know what today's top five is going to be. It's going to be the top five sports video games, um, I guess you could say of all times, or according to me. Um, uh, on the website, we have the, uh, the bottom ten, and the bottom ten consists of uh, number ten, ESPN NFL 2K5, nine, was NBA Jam's Tournament Edition, 8, NES Ice Hockey, OG Ice Hockey, uh, 7, the Madden Franchise, I went with 94 and 95, I couldn't figure out the, the best one, um, 6, Blaze of Steel, classic ice hockey game, so now we get to the top 5, um, the top 5, so number 5, we're going to go with Bulls versus Blazers. Now, typically, I would go with the first of a franchise when we're uh, when we're doing 
when we're doing lists. So that would be Lakers versus Celtics. But the Bulls versus Blazers got everything right about Lakers versus Celtics. I mean, Lakers versus Celtics is classic. It started it all. But Bulls versus Blazers, uh, we we killed that game because it was the first one where you could you could do um, the same player on different teams because you could create your own roster. Um, so me and my man Chaz, we 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 get up and it'd be like uh, noon, high noon. Set the big table. We have all the players. We know all the players because you know we knew basketball back then, and we'd sit and just draft the team back and forth. Put the teams in, and we just play from like noon Saturday to <laughs> noon Sunday. We just go back and forth battling. I remember I had Derek Coleman on my team, and he had the quadruple double, the first quadruple double Bulls versus Blazers. Take that chance. Um, so, <laughs> but we 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 go with that. Um, but Bulls versus Blazers was crazy. Um, had the signature moves. Shout outs to Barkley's Gorilla Dunk. <laughs> he would clear the lane with the Gorilla Dunk. And when Lakers versus Celtics had the uh, Tom Chambers double pump. Jordan with the with the up and under. And you know. So, you know, coming off of uh double dribble where you had people with no names, no faces, and and you had five teams with fake names, Lakers versus Celtics and Bulls versus Blazers were everything. So that's number five. And shout outs to Shahrazad. <laughs> uh, number four is RBI Baseball. Now, RBI Baseball, we go down to the to the Omega Records on Main Street, same place I got Omatic. And we put in mad case quarters in that joint. It had the Bash Brothers and the, the Conseco McGuire joint. We, we played baseball. That's the only, well, that's the baseball game I played the most. And, and I know there's other games out there. You got your bases loaded, and you got the show and all these other joints. Oh, shout-outs to Tommy Lasorda Baseball. Um, but, but RBI Baseball, the most classic, iconic, and easy game to play. It was easy but hard because you could strike people out or you could get taken out. But, you know, you can't ignore, you can't ignore the, uh, the, the, the classic, the, the architect. Um, so that's number four. Number three, double dribble. dribble. <laughs> you can't even say or think uh, double dribble while saying it like that, yeah? Um, you had the Boston Frogs, the LA Breakers, the Chicago Oxen, and the New York Eagles. Yo, we had no idea what that LA Breakers mascot was. I'm thinking, I guess it was a surfboard. It looked like a pencil. Um, anyway. That game had everybody fighting for the first controller because the top right corner three-pointer, that was everything. You know, if you got that, the the second person had to be nice. If you're not nice on the second controller, you're going to lose because you only can stop that three-pointer with the goaltending that they let you have sometimes unless the guy just really sucks at it or if you put some kind of house rules up. But... Um, and plus, they had the ill dunk cutaway uh, screens. Those were killer. They had the, the cheerleaders at halftime and uh, the most annoying free throw system ever. I don't even, I still can't go, you know, perfect from the line on that joint. Um, 
and 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 then it had the the most cheating AI. When you put it to level three, because you play level one and two, everything's good, everybody's happy, and, and then you put it on three because you're feeling cocky, and they start stealing inbounds passes and cross court passes with nobody there. And so the first time I beat level three, I thought I, I thought it was unfuckwittable, which you know I still am. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, we we got to go with double dribble there. Um, they they did they did um if they did another game uh, double dribble, but it wasn't like that first one. So if they would take that first one and make it right now with with real players with the license and the names, and you could do a season, you know, I'd kill that game. But anyway, uh, double dribble number three. Number two is Mike Tyson punch out. Now. Technically, it's not real boxing, you know. It's not even real video game boxing, you know. You, you only can play with one person. You, <laughs> you can't even fight different people. It's not a two-player game. Um, um, you got limited moves. You don't even have an ill uppercut. Um, so you can't uh, make your player better. There's no ratings. <laughs> but it's too iconic and dope not to be on the list. You know, everybody played it or, or still do play it uh, or got some kind of story about Tyson Punch-Out. It's, 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 it's iconic. I mean, it's so dope that while it's not real boxing and all of that stuff, if you put it on the list, it has to be one or two. That's how dope it is. So uh, shout-outs to Soda Popinski and uh, Bald Bull and, and Mr. Sandman and... and, and and Don Flamenco. <laughs> um, so, if you know the list, you already know what number one is. There's no, there's no guessing. Um, you know, it's Tecmo Bowl. Now, I'm going Tecmo Super Bowl here, and and, and I wanted to put both on the list, but I didn't want to take up two spots for you know basically the same franchise. That'd be like putting Lakers versus Celtics and Bulls versus Blazers, and 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 all of that stuff on there. Because there are two different games. See, Tecmo Bowl employs a different strategy than Tecmo Super Bowl. See, Tecmo Bowl, you know, is a chess match, the OG chess match, because everybody knows the plays, because you only got four. You got two run, two pass, and they don't change. And everybody knows the players. So if you're playing with this team, we know exactly what you're gonna do, uh, Bo Jackson. And if you're playing with this team, we know exactly what you're going to do, Joe Montana. So it's up to you to, 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 you know, put your people in the best position to win the game. Now, Tecmo Super Bowl is different because you got more plays. You can change the plays and you can switch around your roster a little bit. And so you got to you gotta actually play, you got to play harder defense because you can't just have Lawrence Taylor go all over the place. But kind of, but not really. Um, but we would kill that game in school, you know, college, we would play, we, last class, Friday, until first class on Monday, we're playing seasons, because, see, that's the other thing, Tecmo Super Bowl lets you play seasons, and, and the one on Genesis is even doper, because it was updated past the Nintendo one, and you had weather, you had rain, you had snow, and, uh, you had a three-season uh, joint, so you play three seasons in a row, 
and so it kept all your stats. I still have a spiral notebook of all the stats we used to do in college. I still got that joint. I was a champion. I was ill. Um, I even um, hacked my <laughs> my Nintendo Wii so that I could play Tecmo Super Bowl now. I got the 2011 rosters on it now, son. What? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's the ultimate call the fellas over, order pizza, and drink, and talk shit, and have fun game. That's, that's one of the few games that you can play where you're not thinking about women. All the other ones you think about them. You know, maybe it's a cheerleader or something. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's the list. That's, that's, that's the top five. Bulls versus Blazers or Lakers versus Celtics. RBI Baseball, Double Dribble, Tyson's Punch-Out, and Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, feel free to leave me a comment or iTunes on the website or send me an email podcast at eclecticrelaxation.com to, you know, let me know where I went wrong, I guess, or or give me your opinion. Uh, but, you know, shout-outs to Jordan versus Bird. They had the dunk contest. That was dope. Uh, Joe Montana Sports Talk Football, Coach K Basketball, NCAA Football, the 2004 edition, the Tiger Woods joints, the NES Golf joints, uh, shout outs to Mario Arch Rivals which predated NBA Jam uh, you know stealing on people while they're playing basketball and throwing soda cans at them um, and yeah bases loaded and oh shout outs to the Sega Master System great sports games it was great basketball great volleyball great football great tennis great baseball yo I was ill on great baseball had my picture on L.A. His last name was Ucko. People didn't want no parts of when I took uh, when I brought Ucko out the bullpen. But <laughs> you know, so that's the list, and uh, that's what's going on there. Um, you know, I appreciate everybody that listens to the show. Uh, um, special shout outs to Spinderella for upping my uh, downloads. Um, so <laughs> she she gets uh, special kudos and hashtag appreciations. That's plural. Um, so, yeah, I, again, thank you for listening and downloading and telling your friends and, and, and having them tell their friends. But, you know, there's still no topless pictures in the email yet. Work on that. Uh, I got to get a street team. Uh, um, all, all ladies, uh, shout outs today. You know, usually, you know, if I, uh, someone leaves an iTunes review or a comment, I shout them out. But, you know. Today, all ladies, all ladies shout out. So, uh, so shout outs to Rachel at Get Off My Planet uh, on Twitter. Follow her. It's dope. There's ink inside me. Uh, shout outs to Nick Jew, Cole Julian. Um, she's going to be on the show at some point. Probably, maybe. Unless she pisses me off. I'm kidding. Uh, shout outs to Miss Chaotic. Shout outs to. Uh, Keisha Holt, she's dope. Um, Check her on Ringtime Pro Wrestling Podcast. Shout out to Eclectic Check who stole my name. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and uh, shout outs to people uh, following me on Twitter and everybody that uh, uh, hits the appreciation website. You know, it's, it's good things on there. Um, so, I'm gonna wrap this up. What have we learned today? Well, 
We learn that Bruce Wayne is a cold-blooded murderer, and he's killed every blue-collar worker in Gotham City. Uh, we learned that Birmingham, Alabama is close to the devil's asshole. <laughs> we learned that there's some sexy things afoot on the Arkham City video game. Uh, we learned that you cannot beat Coca-Cola Polo and Stonewash jeans and ballet sneakers. You can't beat it. You can't beat that. Uh, we learned Tecmo Bowl is the, the greatest sports video game of all time, and my opinion uh, matters more than yours. Okay. Um, and and we learned we learned that um, Robin is the ultimate target of all superhero dumb. So so I'm about to get out of here, and 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 the Wheezy uh, Isabel Sanford uh, theme is gonna hit soon. Um, so the next show will be here before you know it. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about because I don't even know. I'm kidding. Um, so until then, next time, in between time, you know, keep listening. Keep uh, giving me feedback. Yo, if you if you think of a show topic or a poll or a post or something you want me to throw up there, if I like your idea, I just might do it. Um, Shout-outs to Coastal of the Podcast. Shout outs to General Geekery, uh, Geekcast. Um, shout outs to the brand new Click Nation uh, podcast, the Click Nation podcast with the uh, Tim D O Double G and the Click. Um, and shout outs to Underscoop Fire and um, uh, Rediscover the '80s and 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 everybody else. Shout outs to you, but most importantly, shout outs to me. Yeah, uh, until the next show. Appreciation. I can't be a lover. Oh shit, you still listening? Yo, remember the number one game, Tecmo Bowl, in the top five? Yo, guess what happens when Tecmo Bowl meets Nas? Easter egg, motherfuckers! Yeah.
Like the Phantom 